answer that question by asking you two questions. One, is this or is this not? Chasing history. Jake Larson. I'm ready for some Monday night concussion protocol. And two-time Nebraska walk-on tryout participant Colton Stone. Sometimes it just like replays through my head. It's just like, wow. Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Good morning, beautiful people. It's 10 a.m. on a Friday. You know what that means? It's Chasing History time. Chasing History on 90.3 KRNU Lincoln. I'm Colton Stone alongside, I'd say as always, but after, after a brief hiatus, I was trying to find a sports reference that would uh, <laughs> pale in comparison to to uh, our hiatus, but Jake um, Larson, Colton Stone, Jake Larson. I was just going to say, like, they, you know, kind of like Michael Jordan coming back. Oh, you're right. Except for if he came back on the Bulls. Instead of two years, Actually, it's, it's two except months. for Except for it was it was more – this is more when he came back the this first time. This is more time. exciting that this we're is coming more back. This is, no, I'm just saying this is more like the first time he came back. Like, like when he came well, back not on the, the Bulls. Yeah, we're not like going the to the three. Wizards, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to the Wizards to like average like 16 and like 6. Like we're, we're, going, we're, going, we're going 27 uh, – Shooting forty percent, forty five percent from the field. That's what we're going to be doing uh, on our way back. This is kind of actually. This is like if, um, kind of like if Seinfeld was brought back to NBC. This is kind of what that's like for Karen. You, I would say it's the same. Say it's a pretty I think something that nobody asked comparison. for, but they got anyways. No, they were asking for. It. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, oh, speaking of uh, Michael Jordan, how many points would he have in today's NBA? What was that? How many points would he average in today's NBA? I think um, he would – ah, man, that's difficult. My, what I think is – Because I've seen, I've seen a lot of numbers around the board. Because my personal opinion is I don't know how many points, but he would shoot 23 threes a game, and he'd make about 40%. Do you think he's going to shoot that many threes? In today's NBA. Well, that's true. I guess everyone does. It's not really. I mean, Rocket shot, was it 70 threes? <laughs> like, I like the three-pointer, but we got to, like, cool down on that, like, just a little bit. Well, the thing with it, too, isn't even that they shot 70. It's that, so they played the Nets, who are okay about they They win games they probably shouldn't, right? They shot 36 threes, so it was an NBA record 106 in one game. But it's like, if you're the Nets, like we, did, this isn't our fault. We didn't do this, <laughs> like this. And then you look at it too. I mean, you know, talking about this part of the show, we talk about stats. Hopefully, the whole thing. But uh, <laughs> uh, you look at the two games that James Harden had back to back. He had 57 and 58. Zero of them were assisted. I, he's a point there, guard, There right? was a stat from uh, stats.com or stats incorporated. Anyway, so I don't remember the exact number, but um, James Harden leads the league in unassisted three-pointers. You know who's in second place? The Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> They're probably he has James, more, James Harden he has, again. He has, yeah, he has more unassisted threes than any other team in the NBA. Which I'm also not too surprised by because he seems to be the main guy that's ruining basketball, I would say, right now. Well, I agree. In terms of playing style. I mean, here's the thing. He's broken and, basketball. And and people were comparing like the the stretch of 40-point games that he's had to 
when Kobe had that big streak of 40-point games. Yeah. And how many times each of them went to the line. And it was actually surprisingly close. It was like 13.8 to 13.5 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, uh, I, I don't think Kobe was intentionally getting fouled and shooting 13 free throws. I feel like James Harden is. Oh, absolutely. There's no 21 way. 21 of 23. I mean, he had. I get he had 58 points, but 21 of 23 from the free that's, throw line. That's the thing is all he does is just his skill is how to draw a foul. So, you know, how like that's the thing is, you know, kids growing up, kids where you drive by, you know, someone's driveway or the playground and you'd see kids trying out dunks and stuff like that. And yelling out, then they, Kobe. And then they started trying, you know, shooting three-pointers. Now kids are trying draw, you, you drive by and, you, yeah, you see them driving the lane and getting visibly fouled and seeing if they can make the and one. Oh. And I, that's not that's not the kind of basketball I want to watch. They're, they're out there by themselves, like, practicing how to get fouled. Get, like, yeah. How do I flop? They're, they're flopping and just trying to lay it off the glass <laughs> and scream and one. It's not, that's not my oh. – it's not my NBA – 73 pointers. They only made like, well, the, here's the thing is once you shoot 70, like you can't have a good percentage of that. You're going to break every NBA record if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Because I think they finished like, what was it, 19 of 70 or 21 of 70. So they still made a bunch of them, but it's the fact that they missed the other 50 that they shot. So uh, also in the same breath, uh, like if you, hit, you if you take seventy threes, you need to make like seventy percent of them. If you're gonna take that many, you better be the hottest team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, shoot or shoot, man. You gotta exactly. get out of the. You gotta get out of the slump. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and they were in a big one, apparently. And they still only lost by three points. So oh, that's the Nets for you. But my point is, in in the same week, you have Golden State, who breaks the record for threes in a quarter with ten. You know, they the can FCC actually make shut them. down, we're allowed to say Golden State Warriors on air and not get fined <laughs> for it. So they had 10 and ten and a quarter, and then on top of that, they broke the NBA record. Now, granted, it was by one point, but they broke the NBA record for points and a quarter with 51. Mm-hmm. And who is that against again? Is that probably against the Kings? Ah, the Kings are all right this year. It wasn't year. the Kings. It was, uh, I want to say it was honestly the Nuggets. It was, actually. But the Nuggets no, it are was, good. It was, it was. Um, but no, I remember a few years ago, because this is chasing history. Um, Clay Thompson broke the record for points in a quarter, and that was against the Kings, of course. And it's just like, well, I, then, oh, I couldn't stand. And then this year that. he had uh, he had forty three points on four dribbles. I don't know if that's actually that's a record, most, but that's the most Creighton stat line I've ever heard in my life. Al Corver sixty five and three dribbles. Well, that's the thing. When he was at Creighton, he actually you know. Would shoot off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeesh. Yeah. yeah now, nowadays, Creighton's like, let's not. Well, if you play with that. LeBron, you're a catch and shoot three pointer. No, no matter what. Shooter, you know? If you're if you're James Harden, it's like you're not moving. <laughs> he's pointing at him. He's screaming. I was like, you are not taking a dribble. James Harden's walk, just like walking down the court. Everybody move. Get out of my way. I gotta just, get fouled. He and... just calls his own number to get fouled all game. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not gonna play pickup ball, with James Harden, because. 
he's going to call a foul he, every time. You know, he, yeah, he's calling he's calling <laughs> his own fouls, and he's calling every single time. He, he's at the top of the key, and he's like, all right, I'm going to call a foul at the end of this play. If you like, touch me. It's like, all right. This is going to be a foul. Oh, man. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. frankly, there's been – I mean, there's been some decent NBA games this year. But – I wouldn't know. I, I don't really watch. I, I, I've, I, I've given up. I've given after up. I saw 73s, I don't, I just don't think. Yeah, I just I can't do this anymore. I can't. College basketball, man. Yeah, yeah. I always – well, I mean, I don't really watch it that often. Too often. I watch it every now and then. I used but to be I the like biggest college more. basketball guy ever, and then I went to Nebraska, and I – Appreciate college. Oh, yeah. That'll turn you off from college basketball. Oh, yeah. That's oh, for yeah. sure. And now I appreciate college basketball or you know, college football a lot more now. So I'll give it that. All right. Well, anyway, this weekend. We uh, got... Also, stat of the night last night. Oh, Michael, be- Michael Beasley uh, tried to check in oh. with the wrong shorts. <laughs> I, I saw him trending and I never figured out what it was. Any... <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that the radio is not a visual media, but uh, Michael Beasley Anyways, tried to check in with black shorts. Black he's wearing yellow jersey, and he tried to check in wearing his black shorts. And uh, I don't know why they wouldn't let him in. I, I mean, it's called I, a, you know, I think the jersey's enough. It's called a uniform, but I get it. I get it. Yeah, you're halfway there. That's good enough. Bon Jovi said it best. Living on a chair. <laughs> That's what we're doing right now. <laughs> All right, Jake. All right. Where anyway. are you going? Sorry. So, got a big sport. We got two, what I call the two mini Super Bowls. That's what I love about this weekend. We got AFC, NFC, Conference Championship weekend coming up. And this is when we start talking about, we got four great teams playing this weekend. We got two great matchups. And any one of these, the two teams that are going to, be losing this weekend no matter what or except for maybe the 11 5 patriots besides that um any of the other three teams i'd say that lose are going down as one of the best teams to not make it i think the super bowl of most years this wouldn't ring true but i think this year uh more than uh, at least in a while they should have like a consolation soup, like the, to open the Super Bowl. A third they, place, they a have third like place the third Super place Bowl. game. Oh yeah, like the they come up with a name for it. Yeah, the, instead of the Pro Bowl, I'd much rather watch. The That's third one of place I think game. they've. I think they've like not necessarily actually proposed. I think people have said that before. They're like instead of the Pro Bowl, if the two teams that lost were, <laughs> mm, uh, if the two teams that lost, you know, were still pretty good, they should just play each other. I agree. I'd rather watch. I mean, it could either be the Sunday before or it can be like, you know, you have a title fight card, but to open the fight, you've got the third place game. <laughs> and it's only like 10-minute quarters it's or like something a, like it's that. It's like 11 a.m. It's 11 a.m. game. I like it. It's no, a good way to start off your if day. If you have a ticket to the Super Bowl, you can just go to this one. Yeah, I see it. I, I like that idea. It's kind of like when you have that before the Terrence Crawford fight, there's that random – Third, you third and me, versus, you and third me are versus, fighting. Third versus fourth place. That we're in different classes. Let's be honest here. We're, but you have the. What are you uh, trying to say? You know exactly what I'm trying to say. I, I need to gain some weight. I think we're both, you know, <laughs> mid heavyweight. Oh, you're definitely heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, what I'm trying right. to say here is no, in a Terrence Crawford light title fight, you always have those light heavyweight 
<laughs> like fifth or sixth place bouts. Or One some guy's class. like six foot eight. You the have other like, guy just has like, an eight foot reach. Yeah, you have like the four versus five guy. And it's like, oh, that must be really good. And then the division is a weight class you've never heard of. <laughs> and it's like both of them are like 93 pounds. And it's like, all right. Uh, I don't know how It's the floating weight. <laughs> yeah, that would be. This is the Rock'em Sock'em Robots weight. <laughs> it's, it's children. We're having children fight. It's. I would watch Terrence it. Crawford's just here. We don't know why, really. <laughs> I mean, he's Floyd already... going to fight Terrence Crawford? Side bus, I said side note, Floyd going to fight Terrence Crawford? Never, but yeah. Terrence would win. Right now, probably. Oh, absolutely. That's why he's uh, not going to fight him. Prime, prime. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know about maybe. prime, prime. But, because but re- Terrence Crawford's it's, it's mainly just because right It's just mainly just because to me is that Terrence Crawford is, um, with him, his fighting style, I feel like Floyd... Might not know what to do with it, you know, because we're talking about the NFF, AFC NFC championship. Because chasing history, yeah, we get off topic. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, Anyways. going back to what we were discussing, there should be a third place game. There should be a third <laughs> place game, but I wanted to go through and discuss some of the best teams mm-hmm. that haven't made a Super Bowl. All right, so let's dis- let's start off here with. Um, we 1973. Oh, okay. We're going to go there first. All right. The Los Angeles Rams were 12-2 and two and had the, in the, statistically the league's best offense and defense. However, they ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs. And of all teams to lose to, also the Cowboys, who I can't stand, Tom Landry. So, that's right. I hate the Cowboys, and I hope you do too. Well, I'm a Washington fan, so oh, I, I... Oh, well... I, I kind of have to live and die by that one. All right, sweet. That's, that's all I like to hear. Uh, Cleveland almost was considered a Super Bowl favorite in 1986 at a 12-4 well, record. But we were, we were saying this before we came on, just, just to preface this really quick. Since since they expanded to a 16-game schedule, 1978, the old NFL expansion, they have had 20 teams miss the playoffs at 10-6 and six to basically – what you would think makes you a wild card contender, 10 wins generally. Pretty much a, lock, a playoff lock. Yeah. It was like 10 and 6. And yeah, because then after that, it gets a little murky. But, uh, and then two teams have, of those 20, two of them were 11 and 5. So one of them is, I mean, not, not necessarily undoubtedly on the list, but I mean. One, and of course, one of them, and this is the thing I love, <laughs> is that. One of them was the New England Patriots when <laughs> they were eighteen and zero. When they were no eleven and five. Oh, that's what we're going. Okay. And you know who their quarterback was that year. Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Matt. Not Castle. Jimmy. Not Matt, yeah, Castle. Matt Castle. That was it the was, next one, right? Or that was, was the eleven and five one. Yeah. And that's the thing is like people talk about how great Brady is, and this is the th- this is where I come back and say he's not. He's not that great. It's the coach. It's but a, they it's missed a, the playoffs. But they were eleven and five. But you also look at like since Tom eleven eleven five with Matt Castle. That's true. But also since back you up Matt Castle, you can go back and look at since Tom Brady started at quarterback for them. How many times a team not named the New England Patriots won that division? And you can probably once. count on one hand. You can count on one finger for actually. It's once. I thought there was one more. Nope. Well, there you go. Once. Miami Dolphins, two thousand eight. Yeah. 
All right. Anyway, so Cleveland blew it once. Uh, a couple times, <laughs> I, actually. I was going to say, they also missed uh, 2007. There was a specific time that they did it one, yeah, one time. Yeah, 2007 when they uh, – obviously that was that was the Cleveland Browns, not the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I Because they moved to Baltimore. And, okay, anyways. Um, 1992. Yeah. Uh, but in 2007, they went 10-6 and six, missed playoffs. Whomst? Cleveland. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the last time they won more than eight games. <laughs> I was going to say last time they won more so. than three games, but yeah. But this year changed because yeah, Baker Mayfield, yeah. dude, he's so cool. It's a stud, man. Anyways, go ahead. So, 1992, San Francisco 49ers featuring Joe Montana, of course. Mm-hmm. And I believe, oh, wait, no, no, no. They, he's in the photo, but he wasn't on that team till later. Um, Deion Sanders was on San Francisco. It's where he ended his career, right? No. No? Was Dallas no, so where he ended his career? It was from Atlanta, and then he got traded to San Francisco to finish off a year. It was a, it was almost the baseball or the football equivalent to one of those baseball trade deadline. We just need a hey. guy to add on for a super to, to contend for this. Yeah. Really lock ourselves a, in as a favorite. And so they got him for the rest of the year, and he was Deion Sanders. Um, and then he went Leon to Dallas. Sandcastle. And then he went to uh, – Dallas, Dallas after that, yeah. but they were fourteen and two, and they still couldn't make uh, the Super Bowl after losing to Dallas, uh, Dallas, uh, Dallas, Dallas uh, in the NFC title game. Any of the Bills? Well, they all went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> they, they didn't just, win it. Though. No, they didn't win it. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm talking about that didn't make the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, didn't even make the Super Bowl. No. Here's I think. In my opinion, might be the best one. They're on this list at this point, and this is a. Uh, well, I have a list of teams that lost. It didn't make, just didn't win the Super Bowl. So, well, that's. I don't know if they played sad. in it. It looks like some of them <laughs> well, did. Most of them did. One of them that I think is maybe ninety-two the, Niners are on here though. I think the biggest, maybe the biggest upset in NFL playoff history, maybe. Um, even though the team that they're playing was fourteen and two, but um. In uh, 1998, the 15 and one Vikings. Yep, with, I have that on this list too. Because they had Chris Carter, Randy Moss, mm-hmm. uh, Randall Cunningham, who is the league's I think John passing Randall. yards. I think, oh, they had John Randall. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to remember with Randall Cunningham that year because he had come out of nowhere. Or I mean, after he was good in the early 90s, late 80s. Um, but then he that year he had a crazy um, revival and flash of his former 30, self. 34 touchdowns and then a first-team All-Pro selection. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if he was the passing yards leader or the quarterback rating leader for that season. I think maybe both because he I mean, was really, really good that year. <laughs> anyway. Really, really good. Yeah. So they had that as an offense and couldn't overcome because Gary Anderson, their kicker, missed i think his only field goal all year and that was to seal it if they had made it another 14 and 2 team in a dome no wind exactly yeah that's just that's that's some ray finkel ray finkel-esque kicking right there uh mark brunell and fred taylor uh in 1999 were 14 and 2 and didn't make the lost the afc championship to jaguars yeah jaguars they lost to tennessee the 19, This is a fun fact. 1999 Jacksonville Jaguars are the only team 
two out of three losses in all of them to the same team. That was the Tennessee Titans. That's insane. Besides that, they could beat anyone else, though, it seems. Um, 2004, Pittsburgh Steelers went 15-1. and um, With rookie Ben Roethlisberger going 13-0. and What season was that? Uh, in 2004. Oh, that's right. Okay. 41 uh, points were put up against him, though. Because uh, he didn't play the first three games, right? Mm-hmm. And then Tommy they're Maddox, like, Tommy yeah. Maddox started. They're like, uh, oh, yeah, this the is The AFL stupid. or XFL MVP, Tommy Maddox. <laughs> um, yeah, it was their starter for a while. And then they put in Ben Roethlisberger. And I have my opinions on that guy, but I feel it's best not to share him at this moment. We're, as we're talking about some of the beautiful, most great things about football, we're not going to bring him up. All right. Um, and also in 2004, Indianapolis Colts were – the Indianapolis Colts in like the mid-2000s were probably some of the best off- – they were definitely one of the best offensive teams of all time. I think maybe – I think I could put them top five. But they were way up there, and they are 12-4, and four, but their league best offense that – would end up getting a a 99 rating in Madden next year. Their offense would. Uh, they could make it up for their 68 rating defense and loss to New England, again, in the divisional round. Which that's, I you know, it's really happy. It makes me happy that they were, and against it was a team that I liked, though, but it was that Indianapolis in the mid-2000s were able to get, like, one Super Bowl because you had Peyton Manning, of course. Mm-hmm. Edward and James, um, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison. How does that offense fail? Who is their uh, tight end? Dallas Clark. And they also had Marcus Pollard for a while, who was pretty good. Bob Sanders, safety. Their defense wasn't bad. Oh, no, their defense wasn't most, good. Of the time was, most of their time, though, their defense was a little worse in the league, actually. Yeah. You can look at, the, look at the stats on that one. Uh, no. Um... <laughs> I think the year they won it, though, they, their defense wasn't that bad. But most of the time, it was just really porous. 08? 08, 09? 06, 07. Oh. Third grade. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they had a really porous defense for most of the time that they were there, and they just couldn't overcome that. Another great player who I never, I believe, never played in the Super Bowl, and it was but was on this team that was 14-2, and two, was LaDainian Tomlinson in the 2006 San Diego Chargers. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that they're in Los Thomason, Angeles now. I know. Well, that I mean, that's a huge <laughs> shame. Um, but Ladainian Tomlinson and Barry Sanders never played in a Super Bowl, which is why Terrell Davis holds about every running back record <laughs> in the Super Bowl. That's why he's a like, Hall of Famer. It's quarterback, quarterback league. It's quarterback yeah. league. Yeah. Really is, dude. And I, I just, I just want the running game to become at least somewhat prominent again in the NFL. That's all it's, I want. It, and I think it's making a bit of a revival. Is. I think right now it's making a bit of a revival because you have all this running back talent that's been uh, re- or coming back recently. Sadly, one of them kicked uh, his fiance in the head. Um, so he, of course, got kicked out of the league, thankfully. He'll probably be um, signed I'm next not even year. Mention- I'm, not, I'm not like joking about it, but he'll probably be signed next year. No, it, and that's the sad state of professional Other sports. Other than the lying part. And that's the sad state of professional sports is something like that gets a second chance. But but you we've talked about this not you and I specifically but I've talked to people about this before and you know people argue like oh well why didn't Ray Rice get back in the league why uh, why hasn't um, 
why hasn't there been any like disciplinary action against Tyreek Hill? Because he, I mean, the the whole point was that you like mean if Kareem Hunt, no, 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 try Tyreek Hill too. Oh, okay. Do you remember that that mm-hmm. one at all? I don't. He, do you, I was gonna say allegedly, but it happened. But he pushed his pregnant girlfriend down the stairs. Uh, and the reason, oh the reason that most people believe that nothing's happened is one, they, I mean, he came out with it right away, but two, there's not a video for it. If there's a video for it, then everyone can look at it and be like, why aren't we doing anything? But also Ray Rice didn't get back in the league because he was no longer in his prime. He was averaging like 2.4 yards a carry. Like he wasn't going to, no team was probably going to take that risk on him right yeah. away. But Which is, a guy like Kareem Hunt, I mean, I, like you said, I support Washington, but they make some questionable decisions. They signed Reuben Foster, and he's had three domestic violence things. I, it, we're in a league where it, it, nothing surprises me anymore, honestly. Oh, yeah. But Kareem Hunt's in the prime of his, I mean, of a running back's career in general. So, so that happened. Um on a less serious note, Leonard Fournette just kind of kind of had the wheels fall off yeah, a little bit. Tapered in terms of off injuries a little bit, yeah. And um, didn't have the opportunity. But you got Saquon. That was, I hope the, he finds a good team. But the thing is, you can't have just one running back. There was going to be, oh, we had Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, um, Saquon Barkley, um, Leonard Fournette. These were all going to be like, oh, we're going to have like you know another great thing like of NFL running back. Patrick again. Mahomes was just like, all right, everyone, but look out for me. And then Patrick Mahomes comes in. All right. Uh, it's going to still be a passing league. <laughs> Hold my beer. I'm not going to make fun. Patrick Mahomes. Is gonna, I almost at this point want to convert. Sounds like Kermit the Frog. I, mean. I know, but I almost want to convert to a Chiefs fan at this point. I'd much rather watch him play than, than I just how the Raiders have just fallen apart. Yeah, I've thought completely. about this. i thought about this. Hold on. Before we get back to that, I mean, we're yeah. going to get off topic. So I've thought about this. I was thinking about it yesterday. If I ever... Stop liking Washington football, which, God help me, unless they get good, I probably should. Oh, but, I should probably leave the Raiders. Like, it's, it's just not good for me at this point. Yeah. I don't know who I would pick. Oh, for me, I know what they're rivals, but from someone who's from Omaha. Because I was thinking the Chargers, honestly. Because for me. But they're a sad franchise, I can't, too. Re- I shouldn't say because they're rivals, but I'm a kid from Omaha. You kind of have to root for Kansas City teams. They're always usually your you second or to. third team. No. But I wow. I like watching the Chiefs a lot this year. I've been watching way yeah, more of their games. They do than the I have. same thing. It's like, hey, we're gonna have two good years, and we're gonna go eight and eight. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> like Andy Andy Reid's just looking for his next meal. That's what's happening. But Andy Reid's one. You can't lie. But he's, he's an incredible. Best, coach. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. I don't know what uh, TV station it was, but they were talking about the Super Bowl, and it was like uh, quarterback. Um, some I like I had five different categories and it was like quarterback, maybe it was like defense, off like overall, and then it was like special teams and coach, and everything was in favor of the Chiefs. And I was like, yeah, uh, hold on. <laughs> oh yeah, and then they had coach, and it was against Belichick. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, uh, but it's Bill Belichick. <laughs> it's like, but to be fair, that's probably the two best coaches in the league. Yeah, and and I'm not gonna lie. Well, Zach Taylor's now second though. That one B. Hasn't, hasn't head coached a game ever. He's up there. But hey, uh, you've seen how hey, he coached Nebraska on the unde- field. In he's 06, undefeated, or, right? I mean, he you've hasn't seen, lost. Well, I mean, if he's you saw he coached Nebraska in 06 on the field. That's that's what I like to see. 
That's a real uh, man's man. That's a that's yeah. A so class that was questionable, act. but no, I not I, a tough scene at all. As I was thinking about that, like, I uh, I think I would lean towards like a Rams or Chargers. For and me, for me, it would be Falcons because Atlanta is dirty birds. Yeah, dirty birds. Um, Saints are pretty cool though too because like, New Orleans is a great city. See, that's the thing. Like, I get to teams where I'm like, wow, that's cool. And that, that's like, the thing. It's like, but then they're always good, so it's like I don't want to be a, that guy. Exactly. Because like, like I don't. I was gonna. Because if you start being a Rams fan now, oh yeah, it's like okay. And that's the thing is like because I wanted to start getting into the NHL, but right as I did, or I switched teams because I used to be a Blues fan. That's not that's not gonna happen. The Cubs fan, no. And so I'm yeah, like, I'm gonna Blues. switch to. So I was gonna switch to Blackhawks, but then again, like the Blackhawks had just come off with Stanley Cup championship. Yeah. I'm just like. I can't be that guy. That'd be like if in 2012 you're like, I just, I really like the San Francisco Giants right now. <laughs> like, that right now, not 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 last year, but right this year. I like, I don't know, and that's that's the reason why the teams that I like are all over the place mm-hmm. because I I just pick them based on, I mean, what I like. Mm-hmm. And me, me usually it's growing up liking the like being like yeah these teams are all right like in terms of yeah. they had a certain favorite player um Hell, my I was dad a Browns usually fan in like 2003 me, so like, my dad like usually was like oh yeah i like these teams like because that's why there's a decent number of teams in the nfl I'm like i like them like the yeah. bears i like the bears i like the packers i like the lions pretty much all the a- nfc north except for the vikings <laughs> in other words um i think my main two though um would definitely be either Atlanta or Kansas City if I leave Oakland slash Las Vegas, which could be soon at this yeah. point. If they don't, if they don't stop hiring TV personalities as their front office, um, I think if they keep as doing their that, head coach. I think uh, I'll be putting myself on the trading block for NFL say, fan bases. So Jake, Jake, and I are uh, we're in our player option of the we, we've accepted the player option, but we're free agents <laughs> at the end of the year. We're reworking our deals. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, after I, don't after I mean, the, I really like the Rams. I think. I mean, I grew up a Rams fan with because of Marshall Falk. He was yeah, my favorite player. Because oh, yeah. I, mean, I got I, that Sam Bradford jerseys, whatever. Oh, you do? It was like four bucks. Oh, that's right. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you telling me about that. I need to get a. I only have it so I can burn it. I, <laughs> <laughs> what did Sam Bradford Sam. ever do to I'm, you? I'm waiting. <laughs> What did Sam Bradford ever do to you? And they beat Nebraska. Uh, that's right. I remember that. Doesn't matter what year. They just did. Oh, eight. Oklahoma's beaten Nebraska at some point, and Sam Bradford went there. So that's what he did. Uh-huh. Um, no, what I was just going to say is that, like, I look, sometimes I, like, take a step back and look at the teams that I root for, and it's like, you've got San Jose for NHL, then you've got Miami on the other side for basketball, then Washington for football. And then baseball, did, I don't really care, like for you're a just team. A, you're just a, you're just a baseball man. That's, yeah, I mean, like I'll root for the Royals, but aren't you kind of a Phillies guy? I I refer to myself as a Phillies fan, but as I wear this St. Like, Louis hat, I really don't care. <laughs> that's the thing is, I anymore because I just love the beautiful, beautiful art, physical art of baseball, baseball. so much. Um, I'm a Cubs fan, and I'm a diehard Cubs fan, but at the same time, like pretty much. If you like baseball or if you play baseball, you're automatically cool. The only teams that I actually have anything against are the Dodgers and the Cardinals. I mean, the I only two teams I have anything against. I don't like the Yankees. The, I don't the like thing. the Yankees, but they're 
such a big part of baseball. I don't like the Red history. Sox, but they're good at baseball, so it's like and they're such a big part of baseball yeah. culture and history that it's like I can't hate the Yankees for what they've done, but I will be usually rooting against them. But I do like to see them in the playoffs. But I even like, but I just am like just. Just lose in seven games in the ALCS. That's all I ask. Yeah, like that's the tough part for me is that I I will, like I said, I'll say I, I root for the Phillies or the Royals, either one really, just because the Royals are close. But like I, any more baseball is the sport the most of any really. That's like you're going to end up playing for four different teams in your career. So you're almost following players rather than teams. But it's like, hey, I have a team that I root for. So if they're playing well, like cool. If not, like, I'm going to watch Bryce Harper hit bombs for whoever for he's Cubs. playing for. Cubs. Phillies. Uh, uh, oh, I don't know about that. Do you see the White Sox might get Machado? Because no one else wants him, you basically. Know, man, I can't believe that the White Sox are going to improve to 82 and 80 <laughs> and peak. No, they're, the White Sox in the next few years will make the playoffs they're gonna they're gonna be one of those teams that they win the they're gonna win the central with like a 91 and 71 record and then lose three and one in the divisional round the next year they'll follow it up with another divisional round loss and then they're done and they're done that's what's gonna happen disappear Uh, i like how the cubs are built for the future so the super bowl Uh, anyway so yeah before we move on to baseball because we're pretty much there but i just want to get your predictions on who will be in the super bowl at the end of sunday uh, also, I was just going to say some honorable mentions of teams that did play in Super Bowls that didn't win them. 80, uh, 1983 Washington, they were 14-2. and two. Mm-hmm. They um, they beat the Rams 51-7 to seven to open the postseason. Jeez. Um, Joe uh, Theismann, 29 touchdown passes. John Riggins, 24 rushing touchdowns in 15 games. But um, And they fo- forced 61 turnovers, and then they lost to the Los Angeles Raiders. So. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, that was a really good any team. Any of the Bills? Because, you had, because with that Washington team in that year, you had, I think, two Hall of Fame wide receivers on Washington going up against two Hall of Fame corners mm-hmm. for Los Angeles. Made for a great matchup that also way. Also Marcus Allen. So. And Marcus Allen. I mean, that helps. Um, any of the Bills? Yeah. This one has 1990 there was, specifically. I think there was but... part of the X... I'm, I'm not joking when I say this. The part of the X-Files like timeline or something is that there's i haven't watched enough of it there's a character named the smoking man and apparently he's behind a lot of world conspiracies Mm -hmm. one of them is that he made or like he um he threw all four of those super bowls that the bills lost in a row (laughs) like he he threw helped them throw those games which i think like out of all the thing things in the world that he's done if the bills would have won any of those super bowls OJ's probably not on trial. He didn't do it. Anyways, two thousand the two thousand one Rams, um, also we're gonna Discreet, throw that in there as uh, two thousand one Rams. Yep. One of the best offensive teams ever. Uh number three defense, top ranked offense, scoring twenty nine plus points thirteen times through the regular season and playoffs. Marshall Falk, two thousand one hundred forty seven yards from scrimmage in fourteen games. Um Kurt Warner, I think, was MVP again and, that year. And he was a valuable third receiver behind Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt. He was the first guy to rush and receive for 1,000 yards in one season. Uh, won its regular season's games by an average of more than 14 points a contest. They, be, they were 14-point favorites in the Super Bowl. 
then Brady became a thing. So that, and it says that at least also, St. Louis always so has that ninety nine. Also, season. part of it is that Belichick did play mind games with like he cheated. Yeah. Well, no, because what he did He's was a cheater. He pretty much dared um, uh, the Rams to run the ball because they had been passing a lot in the playoffs. I think is how it was. And the Rams were, like, really cocky at that point. It's like, you know what? No, we're going to keep passing. And then they ended up throwing picks. And if they just ran Marshall Falk, they would have won the game. But um, Nope. So my prediction for this weekend, as much as I want to say the Rams are going to win because I want them to, that Saints team is real good. I mean, they – and the last time they played – The Saints are a different team at the Dome. <sighs> Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta take that into effect. Um, I mean, what was the score last time it played? I thought it was gonna be a real high scoring game, and then they they ran away with it. I, the the Saints beat them though at home, so they get them at home again. So my heart says the Rams, but logically the Saints will probably win. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm riding with the Chiefs though in the other game. Oh, I'm a big chefs man for this <laughs> week. I'm the biggest chefs fan you'll meet. Um, mostly because it's at home, but the weather's gonna suck. So I don't know who that benefits if it benefits anybody. But so logically, Chiefs Saints. Hopeful for Chiefs Rams. Hopeful for Chiefs Rams because I just want the Nebraska Super Bowl tradition to continue. See, that's the thing too. Either the Rams or the Patriots have to win to keep Nebraska's streak on the line. Exactly. So hopefully, so. it's uh, it's a Chefs versus Rams. Yeah. Actually, I'd like um, Patriots. Saints Patriots would be I'll, good I'll too. I'll take I'll take yeah Saints Patriots as long as the Patriots lose. Yeah. Well, Yeesh, that's a that's a risky one. Oof. <laughs> anyway. So now that that's out Baseball. of the way, I'm going to scream. Forty minutes later, I'm well, now to, that now that we're done, I'm going to scream and rant about the Hall of Fame. So yeah, they have they. So I'm looking at the candidates. So there are two. There are two players that have already been voted in. Okay. Who shouldn't have by the Veterans Committee? Because that, that's how it works every you, year, right? Yes, and I'm okay. going to explain to you that they shouldn't have made it in. All right. And then we'll discuss hey, I'm not. players on the ballot that should make it in but probably won't. Because whoever votes in for the Hall of Fame, I do not like them. It's like no, they need to. Yeah. Here is the official, you know, invalidating of baseball. Now, before we start, I need to acknowledge that there are many different eras of baseball in terms of uh, statistical peaks in certain yeah. aspects of the game. If you played from 1990 to 2000, you better have a like career one OPS. Exactly. If you want to make the Hall of Fame. Exactly. So here's the first thing I'm going to say is in terms of hitting, a lot of these guys that are on the ballot played in the 90s and 2000s, which was a peak for... Well, we're getting up to the where a lot of those guys are retiring now or have been retired for a while. Well, they're on the ballot. Yeah. And so those guys have to have an eye high OPS. So it's hard for me to compare a guy, let's say like Todd Helton or Larry Walk. Let's take uh two first basemen. Let's go Jeff Bagwell. Yeah. Um and uh Eddie Murray together. Eddie Murray stats aren't necess- they're consistent which helped put him in the Hall of Fame, but if you look at his you know 162 season av- or game in a season average for what he would have done, it's 
seems pretty weak, but again, these are different eras of baseball. The stat that I want to bring up with that is, so in 1968, um, the Detroit Tigers were far and away the leader, the team leader in OPS among the American League with an OPS of 692. And I think second place in the AL was Boston with a 666 OPS. Mm -hmm. However, in 1998, 30 years later, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, expansion team in their first inaugural season had an OPS of 706. And that was last in the American League. So, once again, the best team, the best hitting team by far in the American League in 1968 would have been the worst hitting team in 1998 with the same statistics. Which, like, that's hard to translate, obviously. Because, well, I mean, years, it, which, still. yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just how the game, it's just demonstrating how the game has changed. Yeah, it's got, you know, a pitcher's game to hitter's game to back to pitchers, back to hitters. So, so we're in, probably in, like, a good. We're in a good middle of the road, like not exactly a pitcher's game, but not exactly a hitter's game. It's it's a power pitcher's game, but we still get a, like we still I think our OPS average is it's kind of in between where it was in the eighties and the nineties. Right. So it's kind of on the little bit on the upper end, but it's not like noticeable. It's not like hey. This random shortstop's batting. He's got an OPS of one point four. Like, exactly, like, and that's you know when in the late nineties, about every single guy his biceps the, are also twenty seven inches. But that's single, not the point. Every single guy on the MVP voting in left from like nineteen ninety eight to like two thousand three had, had an one. OPS above point nine. Yeah. So anyway, who I'm going to start off with first is Lee Smith. Are you familiar with Lee Smith? It sounds like the most basic name in the world, so probably not. <laughs> all right, so Lee Smith is one of the two guys that were voted in by the Veterans Committee. Um, this is not a good start for them. That's not a good start. I know a decent amount so of baseball. So what has boosted him into – the number that boosted him into the Hall of Fame is his career saves number. He had 478 uh, career saves, which is a – That's a lot. Which is a good number. Yeah. However, if you took his 162 – so, according to Baseball Reference, they do something called the 162-game average, which is they average out a season of his career if he had played all 162 games. Very helpful statistic in kind of figuring out an average season for them. So, in an average season, he would have 32 saves, which is okay. His ERA would be – over his – you know, on average would be – 3.03. Again, that's okay. The alarming number here, though, is his whip over the average of his career was 1.256, which is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1983 for the Chicago Cubs, uh, one of his best seasons that he had had at age 25, he had his career low um, whip of 1.07, which is not really Hall of Fame worthy. And he also, and this is kind of a fair point, so his 162-game average for strikeouts per nine inning is 8.7, which this is where it kind of gets in that gray area of different eras of baseball because if uh, a closer had 8.7 strikeouts per nine innings, 
he better be a really good ground ball pitcher or mm-hmm. there's no way that he's going to last. Yeah. And so the statistic for that is, so in 1992, which was the best um, statistical season that Lee Smith ever had, um, in which he, let me look here, he averaged, he had a strikeouts per nine inning of 7.2. But to his defense on that one, 1992, there were five Major League Baseball teams uh, with over 1,000 strikeouts that season. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2018, every single team had over 1,000 strikeouts. I, like I said, it's just that, it's, it's shift, it's that shift of baseball. On different eras of baseball, but if we're going to let him in, then there's so many other closers, though, that have to be let into the Baseball Hall of Fame. I might be on my way, dude. I've been out of the league for five years. So I was, didn't, have, didn't have to enter it either. And let me look. I have the. I'm just gonna ask you this question. It might be dumb because I don't like. I said, uh, well, you know, Ron. Ron and I get into mm-hmm. debates about. Uh, yeah. How mm-hmm. privileged Hall of Fames are, and how uh, controversial they are. Like I don't know, 95 percent of the time. Um, but I'm reading this list of guys that are likely one and done. If you get less than 5% of the vote, are you off the ballot? Yes. Like for good? You're, you're, there's, you're okay. not coming back okay. on. Because there's a big list of that. And I was just going to eventually go yeah, through and it. Yeah, and I'll get be getting in a second. I'll be getting to uh, who's on the Hall of Fame list. No, no, that's some okay. Of these, I was just and some say. of these guys, it's like, how? Not even. Well, like, some of them are they're on it because it's like, hey, they're up for it. Like, let's just. But they, like, we could, I guess. Who is going to actually put so, in a vote? So here's this Who's w- actually going to put in a vote for Ted Lilly or uh, Rick Ankiel? Yeah, so here's or John Garland. Here's the likely Darren one Oliver. And, likely one and done list. Rick Ankiel. Yeah. Jason Bay. Yeah. Freddie Garcia. Mhm. John Garland. Yep. Travis Hafner. Ted Lilly. Mm, Travis might be on there one more year. The only reason that well Hafner broke the Grand Slam record first season or tied the Grand Slam mm-hmm. record. And he had a so. there was a really good season he had, and I think that could boost him. That alone could boost him up for yeah. another year. Uh, Derek, I think there was a season he like a full season where he had a one point one OPS. Yeah. Derek Lowe, uh, Darren Oliver, Juan Pierre, who granted had twenty two hundred hits and six hundred and fourteen well, stolen bases. Yeah, he's one of the greatest all time stolen base guys. But. Um, uh, an all time. If he doesn't make it in the real Hall of Fame, name Hall of Fame, Placido Polanco. Why is that? Yeah, I love that name because it sounds like, you know, a term you'd see on your sheet music in high school band. It's like, all right, this next no, section pos- on from section 40, from major 45 to 53, we're going to play it, a Placido Polanco. <laughs> it's like, all right, I know exactly what that means. Yeah, I'll get my uh, steak with a side of Placido Polanco if I could. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we got a special chef uh, working back uh, today by the name of Placido Polanco. Oh, Chef Polanco. He's one of my favorites. Uh, Miguel Tejada, who, uh, again, if he doesn't go down in the Real Hall of Fame, uh, all-time video game batting stances where he's almost standing, like, backwards. Oh, and not only that, but he um, – oh, he's, uh, he was great in MVP 05. He was, I think that's that was the thing I'm was he was a, to, yeah. he was a very good hitting shortstop, but he mm-hmm. could, and there's two of those guys, Michael Young and Miguel Tejada. Yeah, Michael Young. So both Ooh. those guys are great hitters, 300 but for most of the shortstop's lifespan, 
it's always been about how good of a defensive player they yeah, are. How good you are at shortstop. If you look at every shortstop that played in the 80s, they all had OPSs of like 0.568. Because yeah. they was all like, well, they've got a slick glove. That's all that matters. But at one point in the 2000s, like, let's like play it the other way around. And then there was a noticeable gap. And how our DH play shortstop? And then you notice it's like you got Barry maybe. Bonds out there exactly. just standing in the you gap. Prince, you got David Ortiz playing, <laughs> standing in the gap. Uh, Vernon Wells, who had a uh, great arm. Yeah, uh, Kevin Euclid. That one surprised me a little bit, but like before we get to some of the big names on this list, I'm going to get to one more name though. Well, these are just the probably probably out. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then Michael Young, 300 batting average career, which is uh, good, but he was a terrible short uh, 2375 hits. So like he was a hitter. Yeah, but, but he's he was a not terrible. A, he's not a Hall of Fame shortstop. He was stop. a terrible defensive sh- yeah. shortstop cuz no. that's the thing is people are going to try to put Omar Vizquel on there just purely based on his defense, but it's going to work. I don't know. Anyway, so those those are your guys that probably won't see yeah, the probably ballot again. So, but then we have one more, and that is let me get to Harold Baines. Now, Harold Baines, I'll give him this. It is the Hall of Fame, which is more fame instead of. But with players, it should be based on how valuable they were. Harold Baines was a legend for the White Sox. That's for sure. Was one of their best players that they had. Mm-hmm. But is he one of the best that baseball's had? And that's where I'd say no. Here's his 162-game average. He hits 22 home runs, batting 289 mm-hmm. with a 356 on on-base percentage in an OPS of 820. His average career. I mean, like, what position did he play? He was a designated hitter. Yeah, no. So this is, <laughs> if, yeah. If that's like your second baseman, like, yeah. That's good. He's a designated hitter and a right fielder. So he's, in other words, he's a pure hitter. And this he's is what yeah. just annoys me to no end. Like, you got to remember, Barry Bonds played in the outfield. He played in the outfield, and he was a great defensive outfielder. Yeah. He was a great. Like, he was. He was. Not only was Barry Bonds just like, like three hundred pounds hurling a ball at you. Was not only was Barry Bonds like not one of the greatest hitters ever. Mm-hmm. But he also stole over 500 bases yep. and had a positive. Let's let's look at his. Dwarf. He stole all those bases before he juiced. Exactly, like he allegedly juiced. I mean, he, he perjured himself. But uh, well, I'm trying to think. I didn't. He have a yeah. He had a 40 40 season. He had a 40 40. He, he had a 40 40 season in 1996. Wasn't he one of the only player? Well, I mean, he was the first player to go 40 40, wasn't he? No, Jose Canseco. Oh, okay. I I think there was a. I think I asked you this one time, like the thir- what thirty thirty and thirty was, and I think it was you know, a doubles. I think is what it was. And I think he did that. And doubles, home runs, stolen bases. And that's the thing is, there's but, another statistic called the power speed number, which mm-hmm. is essentially saying if you the higher your number is, the better you are. Most likely, you're going to get hitting 40, and 40 stealing. <laughs> so he Barry Bonds has the highest power speed number of all time. Mm-hmm. So in other words, he's the best. 40-40 threat that's ever played the game. And not only that, um, over his career, Barry Bonds has a positive uh, defensive wins above replacement at 7.6. In 1989, he had a defensive wins above replacement in a f- 159 games, so a full season. He had a defensive wins above replacement of 3.6. That is, for an outfielder, is unbelievable. What was his uh, his career uh, war? 
not war, but his career war, war was like a hundred something, wasn't it? One hundred and forty three, and then you add on seven defensive wins, so that's a hundred, you know, a hundred points it's a season, basically. One hundred and fifty points over twenty seasons, so he averaged seven and a half a game, which is which is MVP candidate numbers each year, every year, yeah, because he was. Anyways, Harold Baines. So Harold Baines average was an average DH. Harold Baines was an okay DH that was consistent. That was his main thing is he was consistent. Yeah. But I mean, you'll he take was the 22 home run. He was consistently good. Yeah. He wasn't consistent. You know, it wasn't a Hall of Fame number. Let's look at he Barry. Bad, let's look but... at Barry Bonds' 162 game average. 41 home runs. Yep. Batting 298 with an on-base percentage of 444 and an OPS of 1.051. I think the only two other guys that have an OPS above one is Willie Mays and Barry or uh, in Babe Ruth. So, that's some pretty exclusive company. Another guy who was on his on his 10th year of the ballot is Edgar Martinez, who is also a designated hitter, but his secondary defensive position was third base. So, he could play a decent defense if he wanted to. I mean, He's not great, clearly. I mean, there's a reason he's at you know playing DH, but it's more impressive that he can play third base than he that than someone that can play right fielder as their secondary position. So now let's look at Edgar Martinez, who's on his tenth year of the ballot. Yet Harold Baines made it. Let's look at his 162 game average for Edgar Martinez. Uh, 24 home runs. Okay, 99. Or RBI, even though RBI is a joke, but that's besides the point. 101 uh, walks in a season. 101 walks per season. Holy cow! Batting average. Of, I don't even walk that many times. Batting average over his career was 312. Okay. Uh, on base percentage of 418. Good. And an OPS of 933. But Harold Baines made it. But Harold Baines made it. <laughs> but. Uh, Holy Edgar Martinez cow. is on his third or tenth year, excuse me. Here's the, on the ballot. Here's the thing. Now, I don't know what website you're on, but I'm on Baseball Reference. Okay, I'm not. Uh, last year, so so last year he jumped from 58.6 percent to 70.4 um, on his ninth year of the ballot, so the tenth and final year on the ballot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Tacoma News Tribune pointed out that each of the past 10 players who have received between 70 and 74% of the BBWAA vote gained election the very next year, and every candidate who's crossed the 70% threshold has eventually gotten into Cooperstown via And Edgar Martinez last year got 704 That's what I mean, yeah. Okay. So uh, has eventually gotten into Cooperstown via either the BBWAA or a veterans committee. And this is crazy with the steroids thing. Now, Roger Clemens... If Barry Bonds doesn't make the Hall of Fame, even if it's by the veterans, we're starting our own Hall of Fame. Uh, the Hall of Fame should be shut down. Oh, absolutely. And, Alan, and, and there's a Alan lot of guys Trammell on that and list. Harold Baines can make it into the Hall of Fame, but Barry Bonds can't. That's just a joke. If Jack Morris, if look, okay, do you know <laughs> if Jack, Jim Tomey can make? No, Jim Tomey was like, yeah, I know. really good. But still, okay. So do you know who if Jack, Chipper Jones? Do you know who Jack Morris is? Um, I saw his name on the last year list. All right, so yeah. he Veterans Committee. Um, yeah, how, he how, was voted in 2018 by the Veterans Committee. Yeah, that's what I thought. Here, you want his three and a half he, minutes, he was a, by the way. He's a starting but, pitcher. He's a starting pitcher. Yeah, 
whose career ERA was 3.9. 3.9 ERA, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Oh. Uh, Whip of 1.3. The lowest whip he ever had in a season was 1.16. But he had a lot of wins. He had good offense with him. But Roger Clemens isn't going to be in the Hall of Fame, is what I understand. They both have um, 20% to make up in the next four years and here's and so i'm going to look at some other statistics uh, some other players that should be in so larry walker's on his ninth year in the ballot i don't know he didn't i never heard of it him you know allegedly taking steroids let's look at some of his numbers though so he had his career hurt a lot by injuries but that didn't stop him from over his 162 game average being 31 home runs 19 stolen bases 313 batting average, 400 on base, 965 OPS. Three times he had, while playing over 120 games, he had an OPS above 1.1. And let's go from, let's go 1995 to 2004. No, let's go 94 to 2004. That's over a 10-year span in the middle of his career, or in the peak of his career. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a little thing that I'm trying out on baseball reference where you can click yep, you can click years and get a player's average over that span. And for Larry Walker from ninety five to two thousand five had an OPS above one over a ten year span. Um and Manny Ramirez had the same thing as well. And now let's look at Sammy Sosa. Let's just do a alright, ninety eight to 05 or no 04 he had an ops of above one average 52 home runs over a season and then just let's go from 98 to 01 for sammy sosa he averaged 61 home runs a season for four years an ops of 1.05 and a batting average of 310 but he's not going to be in the hall of fame okay before we uh get to our sign off here um first ballot lock i think we'll agree with mariana rivera yeah absolutely okay. um billy the, wagner i'd put in too of the other first yeah i was about to say of the other first ballot guys who would you put in uh larry walker absolutely well first ballot i mean well, first Walker's year oh first yet. year um todd helton i think so and lance berkman would I'm, be on my vote too i'm leaning i'm, I'm going roy holiday probably just because it's near and dear to my heart. But Doc, if Doc doesn't get in this year, he's going to get in. I mean, it's a given. But uh, Jake, before we go, anything else? No, we got a shout-out to Rolly, shout-out to Mustache Man, shout-out to Pot Roast, shout-out to Sideshow, side uh, shout-out to uh, Whirly. And shout-out to Whirly. Shout-out to Pot Roast, if I didn't mention yeah, him. Okay, did, well, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then shout-out to all the mommies. Keeping it high and tight. And as always, shout-out to Keith. Shout our out. listener base. Shout out to our our top listener. Thanks, Dad. All right. Thanks for listening to Chasing History. We will be back next week. <laughs>